Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify at Toddcast Podcast. Hi, how are Hi. you? What's going on? Not much. Thanks for um, this little reschedule. I really appreciate it. Yeah, totally. All good. I, I was actually curious about how Greece is the word. How did it go yesterday? It was good. It was like more of an influencer sort of event, actually. So it was cool because they took over this whole like restaurant and everything. I can't say too much, but you guys will see on my Instagram story later today. So yeah, yeah. You know, I saw the Grease uh, musical here in Vancouver at the QE Theater, and it was like so good. Like it's just such an iconic. You know what I mean? Like it's it's in our blood. Yeah, no, for sure. This is like a reboot. So it's kind of the next generation. So we'll yeah. see how it does. Because I mean, obviously, the film has a built in following. So I'm sure it'll have some relative success. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm getting things ready to, to chat with you. And I'm like, how long have we known each other? It's got to be 10 years, hey? Uh, probably just like in and around like the Vancouver media circle at this point. I know yeah. time flies. I know it's crazy. Like how long have you been in L.A.? Um, I've been in LA on and off actually since I was in university because my family owns the wax museum here. So we founded it. Yeah. So my, like my great uncle. So we have a lot of family down here. Um, so I actually interned at CPS like 2010 to 2011 and then went back, uh, to Vancouver. And then that's when I started with CTV, moved to Toronto and Mm -hmm. came back to Vancouver. And then I moved back to LA in 2019 but then went back and worked remote during COVID and then back full time as of last summer. Mm. So are you a lifer so. there now? Or are you going to come back to Canada anytime or? I don't think so. I'm going yeah. for my green card now. So I don't think like I'll yeah. be returning back at any point. So we'll see unless the green card gets denied, which is entirely possible <laughs> because sure. immigration is not a great time in the U S. So that was why I was back for so long because I was getting my O one one visa. So just dealing with all of the paperwork to do with that. Ah. Uh. Yeah, yeah, costly and expensive. You're just kicking so much ass right now in Hollywood. Like, so tell us, like, what what the hell, senior editor, Hollywood life? Like, how do you score that gig? And like, I'm sure there's tons of people that are going to be. I want that job. It's a story. So Bonnie Fuller was one of my teenage idols, and I'm sure you're aware that she's also Canadian. She's a, a legend from the Six from Toronto. And I, to me, like, she was really the blueprint, right? Like, she was one of the first editors to really go to New York, make it big, establish a name for herself. So for those of you who aren't familiar with her, she started as the editor-in-chief of Claire and then moved to New York. And among many of her accolades, she launched Marie Claire in the U.S. She was editor-in-chief of Cosmo. She also birthed Us Weekly as we know it. So if you ever catch yourself saying stars, they're just like us, that was Bonnie. Um, And I'm very much of that, like, Us Weekly generation. So I grew up reading Bonnie's letters from the editor and magazines that my mom had, and then obviously became a reader myself during the Us era. And then after that, she went and sort of rebranded Star Magazine. So I was really just a fan. It was someone who, like, I had greatly admired and in high school had kind of set this goal, like, one day I need to at least meet this woman, if not work with her. Mm. And during the 2010 Winter Olympics, actually heading into the gold medal game, I was 19. um, I had followed Bonnie on Twitter, and I had been interning during the Olympics, and she actually followed me back. 
years later, I found out it's because she's such a sports fan. So she was curious about like what was going on from someone on the ground. So our initial relationship actually started uh, when I was in university as a college student, basically on Twitter. And I was going to a conference, I'd go for the years we had DMs and kind of developed a bit of a rapport that way. But I was going to a conference in New York. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to see if she would actually meet up with me. I think it would be just so fantastic to meet her. She's bucket list for me. And she responded right away and said, yes, I would love to do breakfast this time, this date. The funniest story was I like wasn't really 100% sure about going to the conference. Like I had had a media pass. It's a Create and Cultivate conference where people in the influencer and, and creative spaces would know it. And it ended up being one of the best trips. So that was where we met in person. Um, the job offer actually didn't come until about two years after that. And it was just a matter of like, keeping in touch with her, kind of letting her know what I was looking for. But I also knew, you know, I would have to tread lightly just because I needed that support with the visa. And I'm so immensely grateful that Bonnie helped me out with that. But I'm also um, just grateful that it was actually through her. And I had this opportunity to get to know her and, and work with her because she's been my boss now for the last three years. Mm. And, and like, how crazy is that, that, that that's the world that we live in? Like, it's straight up, you just mm -hmm. shoot a message, you know, have the initiative and the drive to, you know, get the ball rolling. And at that point, it's just a matter of keeping up and keeping up. But, you know, like back in the day, you know, back to when you were talking about those early days of what she was doing, you know, you're trying to find a postal code, you know, you're maybe getting her on the phone. There's none of this back and forth on social media. Like it's uh, it's pretty impressive with the, the time we live in right now. Hey? I agree. And I think what's interesting about that initial interaction that we had, that was within a year or two of Twitter launching. So this was like very, very early social media days, because that would have been in February 2010. Mm -hmm. So it's, the, yeah, it was quite the journey and quite the path. But again, I just knew as a Canadian wanting to move back and work in the US that, you know, you have to have a connection, you have to have a relationship with someone because you're right, these jobs in this industry is very competitive. And mm -hmm. I actually have had that happened to me where I've had a fantastic job offer. I'll just say what it was. It was a senior editor role at People Magazine. And I had agreed to the job on a Friday and it was taken away on a Tuesday, all because I'm Canadian. So I've definitely seen the other side of it as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a journey. It's been a ride and, you know, Bonnie's a hoot. There's not a day that goes by that she doesn't crack me up, but you know, it's been, it's been really just awesome getting to work with her and getting to know her. Oh, that's super cool. So is there an average day for you then? I don't really feel like there is because I think like in this space, everything changes so quickly on a day to day basis, right? So like there's days where certainly there's a lot of breaking news. And I, I you know, I'm very much at the desk, we do work from home now. Um, and I'm managing, you know, a team of writers remotely, there's days where I'm writing more. Um, and then obviously, you see me on social media, and there's days where it's like, hey, well, there was four events today. And I was kind of bopping around to all of these different events with my laptop. So I think one thing that I like about the industry is that there's sort of that like, zest of variety, like there's, you know, no two days are the same. Um, and I just think even with the events, they can all vary, right? Like there's days where there's like red carpets and those start more late afternoon. And then there's days where there's brand events that are, you know, very influencer celebrity heavy, and those will start later in the evening. But the beauty and the fashion brands love to do like a beautiful brunch or lunch situation. So um, I'm definitely I'm like the event queen, I feel like it's hard to <laughs> say no well, to an event, because it's really why I'm in the industry and what I love to do. Totally right. Like that has to be the best part of the job is the events it has to be 100%. And you know what it is about the events? It's like, 
I love an immersive marketing experience. Like I'm a total nerd for that type of thing. Like looking at the place cards and looking at the gift bags and looking at the invite and all of these things. But I will say that after having done it for so long, what it really is about the events is it's the three people that you maybe meet that you still talk to five years later. And the relationships and the friendships and even the mentor type relationships that I have developed out of going to these types of events over the last course of a decade, I would not be where I am today without those people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it was just one person sending an intro to someone else, someone acting as a reference for you, um, someone giving you a valuable piece of advice, or even just someone who made you laugh in an event that was maybe kind of boring, like these things all I feel like have shaped who I am. So I'm just so grateful to that network because, you know, I was going to a lot of events down here when I was still at CTV. And ultimately it was that two years of networking and those people that also were helpful in me convincing Bonnie to help me out with the official move. Mm-hmm. That's the drive that like not many people have, you know what I mean? Like as a teacher at, at BCIT and mm-hmm. the determination and initiative and all that, like not everybody goes down the same path. Mm-hmm. Like, not everybody takes that time to send an email or go to a, an event or keep in touch with people that have, that they've met over the years. And like, so good on you. Cause like, not everybody does that. I think, um, I think you're totally right. And I would say for me, I think, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm not someone who's particularly good at anything. Like I, you know, I'm a good writer. I'm I'm not the best writer. I'm okay on air. I'm not the best person at that. Um, But I think what sets me apart from the pack is that I understand relationships and I understand people. And that's very much a product of coming from, a social networking focused family. Like I'm a third generation of this. And, you know, it's funny, like going to a family dinner with my grandparents who are 90 and 91 now, they'll be going on about their UBC days and, you know, people that they knew and how that sort of will connect back to the circle today. So I feel like it starts with them, went down to my dad, my uncle and my aunt, and then down to me. And I feel like I'm very much a product of them and their success in that realm because these people love an event too so mm-hmm. I wouldn't be who I am today also without them and I think like I've been able to sort of apply that DNA into the media and entertainment space and I think a successful way because like I said my network I feel like just always continues to pay off and is ultimately um you know the people opening doors mm-hmm. well I mean this is this is the reason why I'm able to do the podcast for as long as I have like this is my ninth year now you think like you know, 20 years in radio sure but I could have not done the networking you know what i mean i could have just been like ah, i'm the, the guy you hear on c fox in the afternoon and, and left it at that but i was very aware of you know trying to help out promotions like you don't always have to book the, the bands for me i can do that as well i can book my guests and i'm super glad that i did that right like so obviously then you've always you know kept up with with pop culture through through your whole life 100 percent. and and if i were to ask you and i people fucking hate this but what's your your highlights from the last three years of working with hollywood life oh gosh i so hard to pick though right it's so hard to pick um you know i would say certainly and i i just said this yesterday i think i had the best oscars year that i've ever had this past february and i The reason I think that is because that was a culmination of five years of networking and efforts all coming together. I still had to hustle to get into some of the big events, but at the same time, I feel like I had more access than I ever had. So it was kind of everything coming together in one neat bow, which 
started with my time at CTD and then, you know, obviously paused during COVID and then picked back up. So certainly this past year, just with regards to getting to do the Elton John party, um, getting to do an Omega cocktail party, um, the women in film event, there was just some really, really good highlights this past year for that. Um, I love saying past year when it was really like a month ago. Um, so that would have been a major one. Um, you know, I, for me, like a life highlight truly, and you can laugh has been just getting to know and working with Bonnie. Like, I can't even tell you, it says in my high school yearbook that that was my dream to one day work for Bonnie Fuller. And I still, and I do. And it's, it's hilarious because sometimes my phone will ring and I'll see it's Bonnie Fuller call incoming. And I'm like, who the fuck are you that Bonnie Fuller is calling you? So, you know, it's And like, she's it's super to cool too, right? Like to And she's cool. I mean, was, you know, yeah. 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 So, and like I said, we get along really well. So, um, you know, that for me has just been, was so bucket list. Like I cannot stress that enough. And again, people can laugh at me, but it's true. And I, I feel like I manifested that. So do you feel like ultimately it was meant to be that Bonnie helped me with my immigration and was kind of the one to like get me to LA full time again? Um, so those are certainly two of them. Um, I'm trying to think like, and you know, honestly, I feel like the people have been a really big highlight. I've certainly met just some friends for life through my colleagues that have effectively become family. And I think that they've made going to work every day really fun in a positive environment. So, um, you know, if it weren't for them, I don't think like I would have lasted here so long. Um, but obviously, just because we enjoy working together, that makes going to work every day that much more interesting. Yeah, that's cool. And so uh, what would your 13 year old self think of where you are today? Like, what did you want to do as a, as a kid? All I wanted to do was go to celebrity parties, Todd. <laughs> like I, I was obsessed. Like I remember I would sit there and I would be like, this vanity for Oscar party. How do you get in there? What's the, what, how do you do this? Um, and I, I think I started doing it fairly early on. Like I had an aunt that, uh, or she still does. So my dad's aunt, her sister works in the film industry. So the first ever celebrity party I ever went to was actually the um, new Adams family rap party. I was eight years old and it was right after the Backstreet Boys world tour. So this was like my second ever concert. I don't know if you remember, but like back in 98, Spice Girls, Janet Jackson and Backstreet Boys all played in the same week at GM place. Okay. I still don't understand that. It was like crazy, but I went to all three and those were my first ever three concerts. Wow. So I remember that was my first time ever seeing people in person. My uncle was an actor, very successful working actor, Sean Campbell. Um, so that was my first time ever being at an event where I had seen people in real life that I knew from TV. And I just thought that was like the cat's ass and the coolest experience. So by the time I got to high school, I feel like I was a very good kid, but the only thing that I ever did that was like air quotes bad is I skipped school to go to a couple tapings in LA. And one of them was the American Idol finale. So I was actually there when Ruben stuttered one. Um, the way that I pulled this off was crazy though. Like I, you know, I was on like the whatiota.com and I had tickets, but I had to change the date because I only had like the one week off for spring break or whatever, but the two weeks off. So um, I think I told my mom I was going on a school trip, but I had a secretly like booked a flight to LA, took off and like no one knew. <laughs> Like it's, it's insane to me that I pulled that off and I pulled that off twice 
and somehow just like gifted the gab at like 16 years old, like got into the after party. Um, another one randomly that I was at was like the days of our lives 40th anniversary, which still like cracks me up again. I was like 16. Um, so I was very much like figuring that out already when I was in high school. And mm-hmm. then by the time I got to university and, you know, of the Lauren Conrad, the Hills era. So it was all about the internships. And I was like the intern queen. I think I did six different ones. Um, so when I was 13, it was just very much like, okay. I want to go to these events. I would love to meet these people. How is it that I get there? And I was already thinking about it back then. That's crazy. Do you, it do, is wild. Do you ever get like mistaken for a celebrity? Um, I've had people tell me that I sound a lot like Kourtney Kardashian and I'll take it because she's one of my favorite celebrities and easily my favorite Kardashian. I think we are a little bit both curmudgeon and have a lot in common. So she sometimes seems a little grumpier than me, but I'll take it. Yeah. Um, so I would say she's she's the biggest one. And I've had people turn around at parties just hearing my voice being like, oh, my God, I thought it Courtney was at this party. Mm. Interesting. Very. Uh, but what, I have, I've yet to actually meet her in person. So. Oh, you haven't? Oh. I haven't met her in person. She has a Coachella party, though, next week. And I, I after we get off this call, my first order of business is I'm emailing to see if I can get it. So maybe the meeting is uh, is about to happen in 10 days. We'll see. That's right. What is the big uh, buzz right now in Hollywood? Uh, it seems like it's all about Coachella. Everyone's getting ready for festival season. I cannot keep up with the emails to do with the gifting suites for that. Um, so that's on the industry side. In mm. terms of like the headline and gossip side, I do feel like there's a lot of speculation about what's going on with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. And if there's like trouble in paradise, which I don't think there is. I think it's just tabloids kind of running with it. Sure. Um, and another really quite shocking headline, frankly, is Reese Witherspoon's divorce. I don't think anyone saw that one coming. So a lot of speculation about what has gone on there because they seemed like they were relatively happy and living a low key life with their son in Nashville. So Mm. just goes to show you, you never know what's going on behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the uh, Will Smith and his wife. That too. Whoa. Where did that come from? Like, and publicly and, course the chris rock slap and like what i know that's old news but what did you think of that when that happened like that had to rock your world my jaw was on the floor like i could not believe as i was watching it happen i was like at first i was like is this a sketch why is he getting out of his seat right and even afterwards i was like is that like did we just get played like was that planned it was so bizarre and the way that chris played it off was brilliant Like Mm. I, you know, to be that quick on your feet, laugh it off and keep going while you're live on the air in front of millions of people, like that is a skill that not a lot of people have. Um, I, yeah, I mean, honestly, like my jaw was just a gate, like I could not believe. And then I just remember I was watching with my grandparents because I was in Vancouver at the time. And I was like, did that actually just happen? And they were Mm. like, we're confused. So it was like kind of going on Twitter after that and being like, wow, that actually just happened. Um, you know, I, I the fallout from that has been crazy still. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of apologies and a lot of back and forth, but mm. I still don't approve. You know, I mean, no, getting out of your seat and clocking someone in the face is just a, a no bueno, you know. Garbage over words? Like, really? Garbage. Yeah, yeah, over words. And he's a comedian, right? Like, I just, I also think, too, if you're Will Smith and you're Jada Pinkett Smith, you're public figures and you're putting yourself out there. So that is part of what comes with 
that world, unfortunately, right? So if you don't like it, then maybe you shouldn't be famous. Well, even right? Will Smith like, stands like, dude, you're also a comedian. Like, you don't get that? That's that's the territory, bud. Right. I actually kind of forgot that he is, but you're right. He comes from the sitcom world. That's how he started. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, dude. Um, but in terms of just like Will and Jada as well, like, I think, you know, obviously, again, yes, they're public figures, but they've also shared a significant amount of, about their relationship and struggles that they've had in their relationship and have spoken about that prior to this incident happening so it's like you can't then expect that someone like a chris rock is not going to use that in material it comes with the territory right and pretty like pretty minor what he what he said like take a joke yeah take a joke i mean you know obviously alopecia is a serious issue and like you know no one's making light of you know the health condition the way that I kind of saw it was like, you know, it was a movie reference to Demi Moore, who I think looks absolutely incredible in that movie. So that was how I took it. But mm. obviously there was a whole other layer to it, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, I still watch Red Table Talk, though. I'm a fan. I do tune into that show on, you know, when it when it's airing on Facebook on a weekly basis. And I do like them. But yeah, I just feel like that whole situation was still shocking to this day. Yeah, agreed. So what are you what are you benching lately? What are what what are the best series in your life right now? My favorite show is definitely Succession. I just don't think anyone does it better than them and those crazy Roy's. So I seen it yet. I've got it on my watch list. I've I'm just ripping it to Yellowstone. I'm behind the times. I'm just trying to keep catch up and keep up. I so that's like really the big show for me that I will actually, you know, make time for and watch. So that is my plan. Actually, next week, I haven't gotten to season four yet. But I just love everything about it. I feel like it's like an elevated soap opera. So as a kid who like kind of grew up watching Young the Restless, and then, you know, watching this, I feel like it's like that, but like, above and beyond um so i just think like the way that they've written the interconnected family dramas yet even though they're billionaires it's like so relatable to everyone um and just like quirky characters that again we all have in our families so that's for sure my number one um interestingly and it's funny you asked me the question i was such a tv queen up until like 2016 and then something happened and i i just stopped watching as much tv as i do but um i did also watch white lotus seasons one and two over christmas and i absolutely loved that show i mean jennifer coolidge is a queen um and another one that i actually really enjoyed was wednesday because i just thought it was like combining so many different things from like that whimsical sort of uh, teenage world sort of almost like a Harry Potter vibe yeah there was the nostalgia of the Adams family and then obviously one of my first celebrity parties ever was the new Adams family so I had to tune in um so those were three shows that I've really been enjoying the last little while mm-hmm. Yellowstone is one I haven't gone into yet but I feel like I have to watch it now because I Quite just good. went to Montana in February um and people kept asking me oh do you watch yellowstone because where we were doing this driving experience with infinity cars was actually on one of the primary shooting locations of the show which is the yellowstone airport um so now i feel like i've got to tune in it's so good and i've got ray donovan in the on the back burner as well and i've been told that that's like insanely good Oh, okay. I haven't tuned into that one. Who's in that one? I feel like I know this show. Uh, I don't remember the actor's name. I'm really like, I'm really, really good with bands and and artists. Not so good on the actors and actresses and and all that world, but. uh, Okay. 
definitely a recognizable guy. Like as soon as you see him, you'd be like, Todd, come on, you should know that guy. Yeah, no, I feel like I know who you're talking about, but his name is just like escaping me, but I can see his face right now. Yeah. What yeah. was the last movie you saw in theater? Uh, oh gosh, it would have definitely been at a premiere or a screening. I want to say that it was Shotgun Wedding with mm. Jennifer Lopez. And I loved that movie. Um, I thought it was her best film in years. I was laughing so hard. Like, I, I can't remember the last time I laughed that hard in a theater, just like everything about it from it being wow. like an action comedy to the script. So um, that was, I believe, the last one that I actually like stayed for the screening, obviously, because I'm such a Jennifer Lopez stan. Yeah. Um, and that was just also like a bucket list experience because it was my first time actually seeing her in person. But yeah. not only her then, and just like getting to experience being around them on a red carpet in the screening room and then going to the after party. Um, but that was the last film I actually saw physically in the theater. You must see a ton though too, right? Like, like that's part of the job. It is. I, I mean, sometimes we'll do like the carpets and we won't necessarily stay for the screenings just depending on like, you know, what the evening looks like or if there's other events or, you know, sometimes we have to turn around the interviews on a quicker time basis to get them up at night so it really is just like on a case-by-case -case basis but mm -hmm. yeah I don't know like I just I feel like I don't watch as much as I used to but I also think it's because I just I have so many balls in the air because outside of Hollywood life I've you know I've kept a really active hand in the Canadian press so I you know feel like I often will have like a deadline for a daily hive or a new magazine or something like that and as a sidebar I've also been working on a video game for the last 16 months so that's like a two-hour a day thing but I sometimes feel like Cinderella like running home from the event because they're in Shanghai time so I'm trying to get on with them before you know it's too late and the next day you know, I'm up till three in the morning so I think it's just been quite the balancing act doing all of these different things and obviously traveling as much as I do so a lot of the time for me it just kind of depends on the day and depends on you know what the schedule looks like what's this video game about that's cool um I yeah it's uh it's in beta so it's not actually out yet it's gonna be very similar to like a Kim Kardashian Hollywood situation um so in the game you're trying to make it as a famous actor and there's a big fashion and beauty component to it so I've been helping out with the scripting and the storyline and then also styling the fashion looks and the makeup looks for the character as she goes from being a college student to an A-list actor so it's mm. been a really fun really different and yet also very lucrative experience for me. Um, and I started working on that at the end of 2021. Um, I don't have any experience in the gaming background, but it's been a blast because it totally leverages all of my previous experience in broadcast and writing about fashion and then also being in Hollywood because they really wanted someone who understood the ins and outs of red carpet, uh, red carpet events and the award shows and all of that jazz. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really fun, interesting role for sure. And probably more different than anything else I've ever done. Sure. It's like, were you a gamer kid? Uh, yeah, uh, yes and no. I was of the first generation that ever had uh, a PlayStation. So I had the PlayStation one and I was obsessed with the first ever version of Spyro the Dragon. And my other claim to fame in the gaming world is I did have a Game Boy Color and it took me years to finish the Super Mario World uh, 1985 original game on there. So I would play it like all day, every day during my summers. And I feel like that was pretty consistent through like 
99 to 2003 or something. And it took me that long to actually like finish the game. So I had a few, I wouldn't say that I was like necessarily the biggest gaming kid, but those were like my two games. And then when I would go over to my cousin, she had the super Nintendo world. So we would play that there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was always a big gamer as a kid. So does, does your world spill into the like concert world as well? Like are you going to many shows in, in LA? Um, not so much lately. I, you know, I grew up going to a lot of different concerts. Like I was a really big concert grower, uh, goer just as a kid and teen. Um, now I'm a little more selective just cause I feel like I've seen a lot of the big acts that I've kind of wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Although recently I was invited to see ushers. Uh, it was, I guess his reopening of his residency cause he was there last year then returned in February. And that was, incredible he's obviously such a talented guy and um i grew up with his music so it was a a good way back wednesday for me um but yeah i I was singing along to every word at that one but in terms of just like going to shows on a regular basis i don't think that's so much the case anymore um i am very excited uh however about janet jackson's new tour so i'll definitely be checking that out because I was always a really big fan of hers uh, as a kid in the 90s and my mom had Design of a Decade which was like my favorite tape to listen to on repeat as a little kid so mm. that's exciting um, yeah. uh, what I, I had something I wanted to ask as well uh, oh uh, like all the, the the sporting games and stuff like you want to go into the Kings are you a big sports fan or I'm actually not. I'm like the definition of a fickle Vancouver sports fan. And to be quite frank with you, the Vancouver Canucks really crushed me in 2011. Uh, And I I think just because I was there for that gold medal win while I was in university, I was interning at Citizen PR at the time and working on the Olympics. The following year, I was living in Los Angeles interning at CBS. And I made my family fly me home for that week when we were about to possibly win the Stanley Cup. Yep. And then we lost and rioted. And I feel like ever since then, it just kind of left it was a no go. The taste in your mouth did it? It, it. it just was so emotionally devastating as a fan that I was like, I don't think I can ever put all of my eggs in this basket again. So I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily a Kings fan. I'll still always root for the Canucks, but I don't know that I will ride as hard as I did in 2011. Yeah. No more ride or die. No, it was a heartbreaking moment. Yeah, I, I know, right? Like, so just no class, zero class. The city is something else. Uh, okay, I'm going to wrap it up with uh, one last question and kind of just talk to you about Turks and Caicos. You just oh, yeah. Vacation there, right? Like, I was actually crazy as that. Like, I have wanted to go there, bucket list forever. Turks and Caicos is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Um, So I, the way that that trip came up, actually, it was a music connection as I was actually out there for a show that 98 Degrees was doing. And I got to interview the guys. Um, And I had also been like networking with the Amon resorts that are incredible. I'm sure you've seen like the Amangiri on Instagram. That seems to be like every influencer's favorite place to go. But people don't know that they have these other resorts, including the Amaniara, which is in the Turks and Caicos, which is hands down the most exquisite, most amazing property I've ever stayed at. 
Um, I wrote about it for Nouveau and the piece was such a labor of love. I I think I missed the deadline two times because I was just like, I can't even find the words to describe this place. Um, But like everything about it was just like a fantasy, like the water being like bath water warm and you just like be able to walk out into the ocean. Turquoise and it just is soft, silky sand. Like, oh. Yeah. Like I, it's hard for me because I'm just doing so many things all the time. And I often will like be at a place like that and on my laptop and I'm still kind of working. But I truly felt like even though I was doing a bit of that on Sundays that I really was able to relax and I was really on vacation. Um, And that was my first time there. And just as a sidebar, um, Drake was actually staying at the property at the same time as me. So he was in the villa directly next door to me with Pop Can, Yachty, and Kevin Durant, which I still think is hilarious. Wow. So, yeah, what, what are the chances, coast to coast Canadians next door to each other at the Aminiara? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how long were you there for? Like a week? I was there for a week total on the combined trip. So, I was at the Aminiara for a couple nights and then I was at the beaches resort for the rest of it, which uh, which was super fun. So for people with families and kids, I would highly recommend that's probably the nicest all-inclusive that I've ever seen. Like I, I hesitate to even use the word all-inclusive because I feel like it was like so much more than that. But um, yeah, Turks and Caicos, couldn't recommend it more. One of the best trips I've ever been on. So if you want a true vacation and you actually want to relax, that's somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, not to get too deep on you here, but where do you see yourself in, in five years? Ooh, I think in five years, I'll probably lead more into the entrepreneur side of things. I love marketing and branding and the stories that you can tell through building a brand. So I don't know exactly which arena that I would want to go into yet, because obviously there's just so many different things. Um, but I would like to pursue that, I think, more so. Um, and I also think uh, just doing some more producing and getting my name and more credits that way. I think those are two areas that you would probably see me doing more of. Um, but who knows? I like to have my finger in a lot of different pies. So I don't think I'll ever give up the media hat uh, completely. I think I'll always maintain a hand in that, whether it's having like a segment on a morning show or a column or still freelancing. Um, but I think in the next five years, you'll definitely see my see me diversify and launch a business or a brand of some kind cool keep kicking ass buddy it's good to see you thank you thanks todd this was so much fun thanks for having me yeah thank you again for for jumping on the podcast uh cassie underscore gill on instagram cassie gill on twitter is there a website you want people to go to or i just have cassiegill.com if you want to see some of my other work awesome the Toddcast Podcast. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and at toddhancock.ca. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.